Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Thank you all for coming. Today is a, a special day for me. It's an honor to uh, introduce my friend Richard Berggarten. Um, three of his books um, are available there under Bulk and Light in a Time of Drought and The Blue Butterfly. Uh, a trilogy of books that are um, uh, give you a, an astonishing sense of his range as a poet. Um, I knew Richard first when, under the name of Richard Burns, in, when we met in the 70s in uh, the, a little English village called Cambridge that has a university in it. Um, Richard was running the literary series there. He was born in London of... Uh, Jewish immigrant parents, the family were, mu were musicians, um, actors in the background. Richard went to Cambridge where one of his tutors was Octavio Paz, great Mexican poet. After Cambridge, he went, he was beginning to write poetry already, R went to uh, Venice where he met Peter Russell, English poet who was at the center of a group of English poundians living in Venice. And through Peter met Ezra Pound and, uh, and came back to England, was actively involved in starting the Cambridge Literary Fest, Poetry Festivals, remarkable series of events through those kind of wild years of the 70s and 80s. When, um, there's a funny mix of pubs and Rolling Stone music and parties. And, and um, then uh, traveled. And as he's lately been described as a European poet writing in English, and it's partly because he's translated European poetry, Italian poetry, Greek poetry, Serbian poetry, absorbed the influence of that poetry. When he was living in what was then Yugoslavia, he came under the, uh, got to know, and I think, in these poems came under the spell somewhat of the great uh, Serbian poet Vasco Popa. Uh, so he's a poet uh, untypical of his generation of English poets with uh, a, a, an enormously cosmopolitan outlook, fierce political commitments, uh, some of the qualities of craftsmanship and um, uh, formal mastery that we associate with English poetry and then this uh, restless range and hunger that seems um, uh, distinctly his own. I'm very happy to have him in Berkeley. And his books are there. There is, uh, if you're moved to a, a new, very thick book of essays about his work called The Salt Companion to Richard Berengarten. We don't have it, but you can order it online. Anyway, please welcome... Richard Berengarten. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, Giovanni Singleton, I don't know where you are, but uh, hi. Thank you very much for organizing my visit here. Bob, an old friend, and um, it's just a, wonderful to see you again. Thank you so much. And it's great, it's a privilege to be at this, to be involved in this series. Um, I'm actually curious uh, to know if 
other British poets, other poets from Britain have been here, and I'm excluding Ireland because that's a sort of different tradition, but if not, I think I'm probably one, the first or one of the first, so I hope you'll find me a good ambassador. Um, now, what we're going to do today is related to what Bob was talking, just talking about. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to read one poem, one long poem. Um, the temptation when one gives a big reading like this is to uh, read a miscellany so that um, audiences who haven't heard one's work before get to know various parts of it. Exactly. <laughs> um, but if one does a number of readings, one gets a bit tired of doing that. So what I'm going to do is deliver to you one aspect of my work, bearing in mind also that um, any good poet, I think, is multifaceted, and the idea of um, one reading being uh, a complete, authentic representation of a poet is not is a fallacious idea. So I'm going to read a poem called Dovigenia Danice. Now that means in the various languages of former Yugoslavia, or some of them, goodbye, Danica. Danica is a girl's name. It's a very beautiful name. And it's etymologically related to the word Dan, which means day. So I suppose you could say that the name means little day. Um, Danica in uh, the Serbian mythology is the morning star or the evening star, i.e. Aphrodite or Venus. So you could interpret this poem as being addressed to the love goddess. And in some senses it is a love poem, and in other senses it's a love elegy and a love lament. Um, I also use or deploy Danica as a figure, a trope, to represent former Yugoslavia. So goodbye Danica also has the sense of goodbye Yugoslavia. Two reasons for that. One is that Yugoslavia no longer exists, and I have to confess to being a bit of a Yugo nostalgic, which means a, a person who's nostalgic for that federation, um, which for all its faults seemed to me a better place than the um, splintered, balkanized Balkans that we now know. Balkanized, one has to say, by the great Western powers, among others. Um, so Danica is also former Yugoslavia, so there are multiple layers of possible reading of this poem, a mythological, a personal um, uh, lament, if you like, for a former country that I loved, um, a woman. So the land in traditional terms is feminized, and I hope um, those of you who are engaged in feminist poetics, as I am, um, will forgive me for adopting a traditional model of feminizing the land. Um, but the name, of course, Yugoslavia, Serbia, Hrvatska, Macedonia, these are all feminine grammatically in any case. 
And now interspersed along the margins of this poem are place names. And I'm very fortunate in having two readers, Nina White. Nina, would you like to come forward? Um, Katarina White, to give her her full name, um, who is a, a student here in her third year, final year, yes? Uh, no, I have one more. One more year. And uh, Milutin Janic, who is a doctoral candidate. And Milutin and Nina are going to walk around and they are going to call out place names. Okay? Now that is in fact deliberate because the walking around and the geographical use of this space, I hope, will in some way help us to set up the sense of a geographical space, or even perhaps one should say a geographical and temporal bound space. The poem is going to take about 30 minutes by my timing. So I think that fits us in the 40 minutes of limitation. So goodbye, Danica. Dovigenia, Danice. Goodbye, Balkan Bell. And the epigraph is Uvek Simidraga Bila. You have always been dear to me, which is from a Yugoslav song, a pop song, which I heard just when I arrived in Serbia in 1981, perhaps. And the other epigraph is from the Book of Revelations, and I will give him the morning star. I will give him the morning star. And the morning star is, of course, Danica. Idemo, idemo, idemo. Danice, with your bitter black cherries and heavenly lilac abundant on hillsides and your nightingales pouring song all spring long over sprawling city gardens through throats purged of every mortal impurity as if by the translucent flame of rakia, insidiously steeping unsuspecting hillsides in a longing for immortality, Danice, with your autumns outdoing their damnedest to imitate the gaudy gone sunsets of summertime by layering and crumbling all conceivable hues of fire on your fields, villages, rocks, trees, Danice of willows and lindens, Danice of owls and swallows, Danice of oaks and birches, Danice of maize making bees moaning adrift and roving among flowers and corpses as if they could annul time with cool liquid gold, Danice among punch drunk butterflies mating in the rubble of fortresses where ghosts of Solitary sentinels tonight as forever will patrol their starry vigil over moon-bathed ramparts floodlit by rippling waters for distant Caesars, Pashas, Sultans, Sars, Führers, none of whom gives a damn for you now, nor ever did. Danice, treading precarious, foam-washed, rocky promontories, bordering a blue more intense than cobalt glass, whose gulls wheel over white stone palaces tucked into 
curling bays and harbors decked out like watery gardens and blossoming in sails and buzzing with ferries and fishing boats about to chug away to chattering, clucking islands where mimosa blazes in January and swallows nest in eaves and swirl on summer air as if reluctant to abandon them ever for Africa danite of living merchant cities and jumbled neglected peripheries whose remains of amphitheaters clogged with ivy and bindweed overlook straits once lauded by pirates, edge dwellers, bandits, borderers, outsiders, corsairs, pounders, pouncers, uscocks, vlachs, morlachs, where toppled pillars overgrown with nettles point towards rocky roads that curl away up slopes for lambs and goats to graze on perfumed grass among vines and watermelons, then teeter into mountains among whose rocks and seams and fissures cling villages peopled by shepherds, farmers, butchers, footballers, basketball champions, climbers, jousters, believers in pagan faith healings. My complex wayward, joyeuse, triste, joli laid, contradictory danite, with far too many crosswinds ruffling your hair for your own peace, comfort or security, moody danite, wearing a thousand faces and expressions inside a minute, my tolerant, spontaneous, opinionated and unpredictable danice, soaked in perfumes, rouge-caked, dancing, laughing fluently behind lip paint and mascara, danice, in the park, where children scream their prowess on tricycles to gaggles of adoring aunts and grannies, while granddads play chess, surrounded by gangs of neighbours, all commenting, all analysing, Cussing all experts, all specialists, all Kasparovs, all Karpovs, as if again they were braggart boys in playgrounds, long disappeared under tower blocks. Nose held high, Danice, walking your thoroughbred, pestered by insistent mongrels at the confluence of rivers. Nobody's and everybody's dangerous. Come and get me if you dare, Dan, he'd say, sipping cocktails in the Star Bar, in the New Hotel International, and Hotel Global, and Hotel Star Time, and Hotel Galactic, where mobster bosses hung out. And one biggest and ugliest of the big-time thugs got gunned down with a henchman, and they never caught who did it. Dan, he'd say not knowing who did it, but knowing for sure nobody till time end will ever admit to knowing. Danice, spooning fish soup, followed by forkfuls of fried squid while a solo gypsy fiddler in a provincial restaurant floor sprinkled with sawdust plays Svilenkonat, silken thread, for workers on Friday evening and stop flowing river and it ain't worth crying and 
Slakamoya Mariana, little, my sweet little Mariana, and I just one wish, and my man Milan, and Imadana Kadaneznam Stadaradim, days when I don't know what I'll do. Gone. Seventeen-year-old Danitza surveying the ravine from the prow of the world's most elegant river bridge where daredevil boys once dive-bombed 30 meters into currents below. Petite student Danitza, excluding gigantesque exuberance and vitality, sauntering homewards through alleyways at 3.30 a.m., stopping by a back door wide open near the mosque, familiar since childhood to chat to the mustachioed baker stoking his furnace who once sat grinning in the row behind you in junior school carving initials into his desktop pulling your pigtails pinching you as far below your waist as he could safely reach without teacher noticing whispering your first swear words Danica age seven ponytailed Curly, beribboned, playing with imported Barbies, satchel on back, striving for five out of five for nature and society, prirodna idrushtvo, and artistic culture, likovna kultura, danice, running errands to the market, lined with coffee houses, scented with Turkish delight, chocolate, toffee, nougat, Danica, buying corn dolls, pistachio nuts, peanuts, sunflower seeds, almonds, and unchewable jelly babies in coils of coarse grey paper. Danica shelling chestnuts, toasted on autumnal braziers, savouring the crisp and soft white bits and spitting out the charred bits into the gutter, wayside and flower bed. Danica at the fairground, first on the little big wheel and then on the dodgems, Danica at the hairdresser. Danica spending two days morning till evening preparing dishes for your Slava, Saint's Day, setting out the feast on lace-bordered tablecloths with matching serviettes and doilies tatted by grandmother, lined in old tissue paper, sliding them out of their leather case with hardened corner pads. Danica, queenly, welcoming, accepting stiff bouquets of nostril-blocking waxen creamy yellow lilies. Danica washing and cleaning after the party's end, emptying wine-flooded ashtrays, wiping down, polishing, ironing, starching, relining your whole trousseau in fresh tissue paper. Danica descending from seventh floor, ferrying knotted trash-filled Plastic bags to be chucked into wheelie bins where the poor rummage for stale bread, newspapers, cardboard. Danica trudging cobbles. Danica screeching your midget heart car to a halt at traffic lights where crippled gypsy children hawk newspapers packed with handfuls of one roses and plead for the privilege of cleaning your dusty windscreen. Danica speeding past listing trucks with one light or no lights. Danica cursed and cursing when everything grinds to a halt, as it does frequently. Daredevil Danica, honking and gesticulating, overtaking on the inside, ready to fight your passage through everything and take on all comers for your individual space to edge forward on the un- 
prepared, pitted motorway southwards past Monument Hill towards field and forest that might get resurfaced one day. Danice, in your ancestral village, collecting eggs among barnyard roaming hens. Danice churning cream to textures of precise perfection, preparing soft cheese, yogurt, paper-thin pastry, spinach-filled pies to drive to market tomorrow where you'll hover all day behind a trestle table along with country women wearing white smocks and overalls, each preoccupied with milk, each offering forkfuls to tempt purchasing housewives. Danice, caught unawares, overcome by peacefulness, first peeling and tumbling, then stealing your spirit away, calling you into sleep, followed by a wakefulness steeped in the perfume of privet-scented gardens tucked among hills, protected by impoverished monasteries with peeling stucco walls, crumbling arched colonnades and cool interiors blessed by tall gazes of saints, presiding glances of angels, undamaged lords and ladies of distant imagined heavens watching down the centuries, eyes unbearably gentle and frankly unbewildered as eyes of village children long before Giotto walked under the arcades of Padua and mixed their copied bluenesses into Italian plaster. Danice, delivering your firstborn in the local maternity clinic, sworn at by underpaid sadists masquerading as uniformed midwives, possessed of the vilest and most colourful proficiency in the art of rhetorical abuse. Didn't you scream loud and long enough when he stuffed you senseless bitch, so stuff your moaning, screaming, whining, bitching now? Danice, greeting New Year as one of 500 guests at the Mayor's reception for functionaries among hectares of Russian salad, mountains of meatballs and 25 entire succulent spit-roasted suckling pigs bordered by pastries, light-winged as hummingbirds. Danice, wiping greasy fingers and mouths of adored children, nine years married, living with your mother-in-law, and her affable, passive, indecisive son who works harder than you but earns half as much and two daughters by him in the two-room department in a block where the lifts don't work on the shabbier side of town at the end of the shambling tram line. Danice, arguing politics with brilliant, impoverished, internationally informed taxi drivers who steer battered Fords and Mercedes in bedroom slippers and owing to gout or poverty or accident or God knows what, who offer unpredictably original opinions and have given up smoking unfiltered cigarettes and possess IQs of 170 or 80 and are local chess champions. Danice, preparing squid-flavoured risottos, that blacken the tongue, and oysters dressed in divine greenery for impromptu song festivals amongst Diocletian's palatial alleys, 
Danica selling off four volume sets of etymological dictionaries that once belonged to grandfather, browsing in second hand platonic bookshops at the Piazza End for German 19th century philosophical tracts and English detective novels in Tauschnitz editions and French symbolist poets bound in disintegrating red le leather, then eating ice cream by the fountain near the equestrian statue. Danice, knowing not to inquire but to keep very quiet indeed when neighbors disappeared unaccountably, Danice, Danice, whose three second cousins also smoothly vanished overnight, never to be heard of or mentioned again, not a peep. Danice, finally yourself entirely falsely accused by some anonymous conniving swine of a two-faced lily-livered informer who'd have sold or bartered his own mother's or sister's love canal for the merest sniff of a sinecure or promotion, the details of their charge of Jesus knows what, being entirely immaterial, simply because at some point they were bound to catch up with you on some trumped-up charge anyway, then it's a arrested, cool early morning, taken off quietly in a canvas-covered truck. Danice, barely surviving winter on Savage Island, like a naked island, like a barren island, where fellow prisoners perished for no reason or some mildly ironic quip or anecdote told to the wrong commissar. Danice, not quite starving, skinny, toughened up, through and past despairing, more likely moving, but always failing utterly to self-censor fantasy of memories or memory of fantasies. Danice, divorced, returned, partly restored to favor and employment as official tour guide in ghostly whispering grottos, escorting randy ambassadors and distinguished foreign delegates on behalf of regional commissariat for bratstvo jedinstvo, brotherhood and unity, Danice sipping coffee with an aging poet with cancer and two months to live, Danice picking chrysanthemums, Danice pickling cabbage leaves, Danice recalling but trying not to recall the whole of your family feasting at the autumn equinox on pink-fleshed lake trout or white-fleshed river trout chilled with crisp white wine. Danice with a definite tick even if barely discernible to those who never knew you, an involuntary, minuscule squeezing at precisely each third blink of muscles around both eyes. Danice, quiet and inside and outside, talking about nothing, deliberate and clinical in dumbing down awareness of clicks on the phone, as if nobody were listening, as if you were still still unwarily unsuspecting, naive, innocuous, innocent Danice with no past to hide. 
Danica keeping up strength on water, bread and salt, chleb iso, throughout the hard times, rationing out chairs with the old man outside, upstairs, toothless, incontinent, who once fought as a partisan, and next door the twin boys with mother working as a char. Danica at the dentist, smoking, drinking coffee, chatting to assistants and other queuing women waiting in turn to have their fillings crammed with something like silver, something like gold. Fully reinstated, comrade Danica, Drugalica Danica, once one-time factory steward whose younger comrades, taken on a decade later, have managed to stand resolute before you in the everlasting queue for a vacant eighth-floor shoebox apartment, mm, unless you were most improbably to decide to sleep with the supervisor uh, just once, may, maybe twice, as your own small personal contribution to the onward, ongoing social struggle for bolje život, a better life, and so engineer yourself a couple of places forward, which you, being a lady as well as a model citizen, indeed would never dream of. More than ever anxious, Danica, muttering to yourself, look at you, you scraggy old bag, he wouldn't want you anyway, now that you come to examine your defects naked in the mirror. Mature, sensible, policy-making, Danice, still relatively high-breasted and slim-waisted, unable to afford more than a black coffee in the canteen before entering and sitting smiling throughout the inane, yawn-worthy, jargon-crammed lecture by the latest bold, perspiring, liberal visiting professor of sociology from Ohio or Oklahoma or Kentucky or Kansas or God knows where, pontificating to the natives on obesity and globalization. Tough, resolute Danice, whose own younger sister at her wedding feast sang songs all morning, afternoon and evening, well into the small hours and also led the dancing whose groom reverted to being a boor scoundrel gambler and after six months of beatings abandoned her with child. Danica paid to attend as a delegate for somewhere, a major conference in the centre of nowhere on future ramifications, central importances, couched in officially sanctified periphrases at a rundown hotel with a rat poison under the wardrobe in each identical room and cockroaches in each basin where you drank sour coffees and brandy for breakfast and smoked yourself senseless like all the other delegates next to a factory for remoulding tyres, smelling of toasted rubber. Danica... Deputy Director of God's Own Little Dream Factory, where next to nothing has ever worked for no apparent reason, yet everything has somehow half-miraculously succeeded in carrying on quite normally, even under alien occupiers, beneath bombings among ruins, and despite ineradicably endemic bribery and corruption, confused, Hype and multiple propaganda bombarded Danice, somehow sporting a fresh open mind, because even though things couldn't be worse, they're bound to get better. Who knows? Someday, one day, 
bice boglie, even if not quite yet, danice, ever ready for active service in the loyal pursuit of dream worlds. Danice, cursed and blessed with unrealizable futurities. Danice of dramatic nostalgias and deep-seated conditionals embedded in longings for stable and certain histories. Danice, whose centers are always edges and frontiers of somewhere else, of somebody else's aspirations, somebody else's powers, good neighborly Danice, of inflated suspicions and conspiracy theories, flawless perfectionist Danice, of many faults, mostly blamed on others, rarely on yourself, Danice, believing, or at least prepared to believe, almost wholeheartedly in the refashioning of hope, refurbishment of the real, furtherance of the possible, transparency of justice, boundlessness of fortune, depthlessness of joy, and ineffable, unassailable dignity of wisdom and love. Danice, proficient in two alphabets for one language. Terazie. Ageless Danice, demonstrating singing and laughing nose to nose in the front line with students one-third your own age, facing baton and water cannon bearing police backed by tanks and tear gas between graceless statues to mustachioed saber-bearing heroes who would rather die than surrender to any enemy ever, many times betrayed Danice, whose own godforsaken sons have harried Srebrenica, hunted, rooted out, down, incarcerated, tortured, crippled, mown down, and in fields, lanes, and woodland ditches, left grandparents, godparents, whole families to rot, Danice, ousted from villages whose retaliating grandsons, in spurious names, of necessity, revenge, honor, have shot at, raided, pillaged, and reoccupied the house you were lucky to get away from just in time. Refugee, Danice, both adoring and hurtful to those who love you, but bitterest of all to those of your own blood, Danice descended from lost tribes on plains and hills and by rivers hollowed out of the bowl of God knows where, way beyond the Carpathians and the Urals, now dispersing to Australia, Argentina, Canada, California, and other maybe blander but even yet more faceless God knows where's. Where still everything seems possible, or rather did seem, at least from far off, before departure, Danice, who, thanks to excellent connections, did manage to find a job abroad, but couldn't stick it, no way, and had to come back home to a home, no longer home. Danice, stuck for good among provincial snobs and backbiting gossips, including ancient spinsters who would drink pure acid rather than reveal their own 
personal secrets to a single stranger, Danice, menopausal, with incipient arthritis, barren, Danice, intent on mothering orphans, Danice, cancer-ridden, still surviving somehow, Danice, toothless concierge and sweeper of dust from church floors, flattener and comber of sand trays with spindly yellow candles perched on wooden tripods, loyal filler of holy oils in incense burners that dangle from right arms of forgotten forefather priests swinging across these present times like pendula in slow motion. Danice, with hope in your heart, even these days, while this spring's nightingales, as in every other, are drowning out the hum of overhanging galaxies, so stark in their radiance and insufferably bright, they appear about to fall, even though they're receding these days. Why is it you look and sound like everybody else? Or have you cloned or disguised yourself or even taken vows, disappeared into a convent that never grants visits, grows its own carrots and lettuces, keeps goats, geese and chickens, fenced in by reed beds and pollarded willows on one of those little islands on the backwater of the river that scarcely anyone notices. Or, Danice, have you thumbed a lift from the long-striding captain of a big river barge not to be dropped off till you reach the eastern sea? Or have you decided simply to float off heavenly nebesna, heavenly, finally and forever angelic, heavenly, into a cloudless sky, nebesna, seeing that I at least can't trace you at home or anywhere and currently no longer have an inkling how to find you in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. You were fantastic. <laughs> it was just enjoyable. Come closer so you're on camera. Thank you. Um, I just want to say one final thing, which I forgot to say at the beginning. Um, it's one sentence. Um, and the sentence 
is a question. The question is open. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.